Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. And on this show, we are going to talk all about deposits, whether we should take them or whether we shouldn't. Now this week in my larger Facebook group, the HMO and Property Community Group. And we've got 17,500 landlords in there. Very often, there were some really great topics of conversation, and one of which came up on, I think it was Sunday, I can't remember. And that conversation was, um, should I take deposits for my HMO rooms? And I immediately went back and said, well, we don't take deposits. And that caused a little bit of controversy, which is fine, because there are no rights and there are no wrongs when it comes to running your own business. So I wanted to clarify a little bit on why we don't take deposits for HMO rooms and don't sort of get startled um, and don't think for one minute that because we don't take deposits then we actually get a lesser class of tenants. So here are the reasons why we don't take deposits. Now in an environment that is becoming very busy, I don't like to use the word saturation, but the more competition that comes into the market, then the more we have to stand out as business individuals and business owners. Now, before we go on, the caveat here is, I'm not telling you to go one way or the other. I'm just simply explaining what we do and the reasons behind why we do it. So these are the reasons we don't take deposits. So number one, it actually puts us head and shoulders above the competition and it makes it so much more affordable for tenants to come to us because usually, Um, your deposit can be no more than five weeks rent. So let's say, for example, the deposit is £300 and the room is £400, that's £700 the tenant needs to find in order to take a room with an agent or with one of our competitors. So with us, simply, all they need to do is put one month's rent in advance. So they don't have to put that £300 down. It's going to be a lot more affordable for them. Now, many people think that because we don't take deposits, we're going to attract a much lesser class of tenant. And it's simply not the case. Um, in fact, um, you know, it's no different than it would be if we took a deposit. So the first reason is that uh, we are, you know, we, we, we can stand out over and above our competitors. The second reason is that we don't have to conduct any check-in inventories, which is really time consuming, and we don't have to conduct any check-out inventories. So literally when the tenant wants to leave, they can just literally, you know, give us notice, tell us when they're leaving and put the keys on the side of the room, let one of the other tenants to let them out so the door's locked behind them and they're gone. There's no real reason for us to go there and do a checkout inventory because we've got no deposit anyway, so we can't have a recourse if there is anything wrong with the room. So that's number two, it's just a lot easier. Now, number three would be the fact that we don't have to lodge it, so the administration is zero in terms of the deposit protection scheme. So we don't need to lodge it, we don't need to serve the prescribed information, etc. So none of that is required. We don't have to do any of that. And then I suppose one of the biggest reasons is that in HMOs, if there's any damage to any of the communal areas or if there's anything in the communal areas that you know becomes broken or damaged or, or anything else, Well, unless the tenant actually admits to causing that damage, it's virtually impossible to be able to have a recourse on anyone's deposit anyway. 
The only thing that we can make sure that we've got covered is the, the tenant's own room. So let's talk about the tenant's own room. Now, what's in there? Well, we provide curtains, of course, uh, carpets, of course, a bed, a mattress, a wardrobe, a chest of drawers, a bedside table, and a desk and chair. Now, not very often do those things break, and certainly not because of malicious damage or anything similar. Because we don't take deposits, we don't attract a lesser type of tenant because the tenant still has to go through a whole regime of due diligence. So the due diligence process is exactly the same. They still have to have references. They still need to be employed. They still need to pass an affordability check. They still need to pass a county court judgment check. So all of that is the same. It doesn't change. It's just the fact that we don't take deposits. Now then, people say, well, what do you do in terms of damage when it happens? I can say that in the last, I don't know, seven, eight years or so, I've had probably just two properties damaged. Now, one of which is a soiled mattress, which was a brand new mattress. And the second one was a back door that was broken into by the tenant because they lost their key. Now, on both instances, we charged the tenant separately, we invoiced them separately, and they both paid. There has been no other element of damage. So I think people that are in this mindset of, well, you must attract a lesser type of tenant or you're going to get your property damaged and what do you do if they damage it? It simply just doesn't happen. Now, that's not to say it never will happen, but the risk factor over a period of time is spread so thinly that it simply doesn't really factor. So it just works for us. It works really, really well. And um, I think mainly at the beginning, I chose to do this because of the administration element. But just as we've grown and as we've got bigger and bigger, um, it's just so much easier for us not to take deposits. And, and that's kind of how we run our business. Now, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. And of course, if you're managing property for somebody else and it's not your property and they're not your tenants, then maybe it would be something that you should consider because it's not your property. Now, we own, well, so we own most of our properties. Some are rent to rents, not a lot, but even the ones with, with uh, rent to rents, the tenants are ours because the way we structure the agreement. So if anything did go wrong to the property, then we would simply have to pay for it to be put right. Now, the final element that was discussed over the weekend, what about tenants that leave before the end of their contract and do a runner? Um, how many of those do we get and how do we make sure that we mitigate against that risk because we don't take deposits? Um, now that does happen and that has happened probably about four, maybe five times in the last five years. So again, it's very small. The risk factor for us is very small. And if they do, we will pursue them. So if tenants leave halfway through their contract without giving notice, what we would normally do is try and fill the room as quickly as possible and then release the tenant from their obligations at the point where the new tenant takes over but that doesn't always happen because sometimes we can't fill the room so what we will do is pursue that tenant and if they don't pay then we will go down the money claim online route but very often you know we, we, we move on we sell the room to somebody else or let the room i say sell we let the room to somebody else so it mitigates that risk as well and those are the reasons we don't take deposits. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do for you. Um, you know, you must run your business in whichever way you see fit. And the great thing about running business is you can do what you like. You can do what you want, provided it's moral and lawful. And, you know, you're not breaking any rules. 
but that's just what we do now we do take deposits for our single let properties because our single let properties all of them are brand newly refurbished and we've spent a lot of money on our flats now when we do a refurbishment project on our flats we'll put brand new furniture in and you know the properties are really high end so for that reason on our single let flats we do but the administration is a lot less because we don't really have that many single let properties compared to hmo rooms we've got about 20 25 single lets including all of our flats um, so the administration process is a lot less for those um, and it's the HMO properties because of the churn rate and you know it's really busy it would really honestly take probably one person a lot of their working week just to make sure that we've got the deposit to go through the deposit protection forms transfer the money from the bank account into the deposit protection wait for the certificate to come back wait for the deposit protection to marry the two accounts up and then we have to go back to the tenant and get them to sign the prescribed information then we have to make sure we've got that prescribed information and we upload it to the system all within 30 days that is a lot of work when you've got a sub, you know a substantial portfolio so that's it really that's what we do um, it's not something as I say that you know you can choose to do if you want to it doesn't matter it's entirely up to you how you run your business but those are the reasons that we don't take deposits so thank you for listening to the podcast folks don't forget if you do like what we do here please click on that iTunes button and leave a review Take care, speak to you later.